John chapter 21 and verse 6. And he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. And maybe using a portion of that verse of scripture, John chapter 21 and verse 6, cast the net on the right side of the ship and ye shall find. And with the help of the Lord, we'd like to preach this morning on the thought of a message, have a God day. Have a God day. Let us pray. I didn't mean to make that rhyme, but Brother Junor, would you ask so the Lord's blessing, sir? Amen. You know, and really thankfulness is a blessing. Have you ever seen an ambulance go by? I live near a hospital, okay? So uh, there's an intersection there that ambulances have to go through. So they slow down. It seemed like I'm living in like in the middle of a gunfight because there's ambulances going by every seemingly few minutes, right? And I've gotten used to it. But I have a relationship with ambulances. So if I see one go by or hear one go by, I'm thankful that it's not me in there. You know, those people in those ambulances didn't plan on spending $100,000 or $10,000 that day. They were just like us. They were headed to church, headed to the store, going to spend $50, you know, at Walmart. Not ch- so we need to be thankful. You know, I'm thankful. Like brother said, he brought us into a new day. And there's some people that didn't see today. But, uh, you know, or like that man who had, you know, some trouble with his eyesight. So he went up to this. He said, doctor. He said, doctor, I think I'm having some trouble with my eyesight. And the man said, yes, you are. This is a hot dog stand. <laughs> so even whatever we're facing today, got to be thankful. Got to be thankful. As long as you're here, give me a foot long, right? Amen. <laughs> Have a God day. So it starts with an attitude, right? So this, this new monk, he was assigned to a monastery. And some may have heard this before, but have a good attitude. You don't have to laugh. You can learn. But anyway. So they're only allowed to speak two words every seven years. They're studying to be silent. So they go in their little cell. Monks call it a cell. Their study room and they pray. And, but they're only allowed to speak two words. So at the end of seven years, this new brother is brought out before the elders. And the elders say... Tell us your two words, brother. And the man crosses his arms and he said, bed hard. And he said, okay, those are your two words. So he goes back for another seven years of silence, right? Comes back another seven years later. He still has his arms crossed. And he says, the elders say, brother, tell us your two words. And he says, food bad. And gets up and walks out. Seven more years. Comes back on the third. This is 21 years, right? So for 21 years. And the elders say, brother, tell us your two words for these seven years. And the man throws up his arms and he says, I quit. And the elders said, I saw that coming. You've been complaining ever since you got here. 
Well, have you ever had to try to have a good day before? And that's what we tell people. They say, you know, have a good day. And maybe you're like that guy. Maybe you're just like, treat your, I tried optimism to have a good day. Like, you know, the guy that jumped out of the airplane and he realized that he didn't have his chute, right? And so there was another guy near him and he goes, hey, are you okay? And the guy's falling through the air, ever the optimist. He said, he looks around, he goes, so far, so good. You know that optimism is good for a little while. But you know what? You know what? You know, it's not, it's not the fall that kills you. It's that impact, the landing, right? But there's three things that I want to look at. And so having a good day, you know, praise God for good days. I'm thankful for them. You ever just like, you know, and everything kind of worked around. They say the stars all aligned. You know, I don't know what that means. But uh, when everything just seems to go your way, it's just awesome. Man, those are those are good days, okay? But we don't get many of those, right? Praise God, right? So instead of, uh, I, there was a man that said, hey, are you, is everything going your way? And I said, no, I'm going God's way. You see, that's the way that I really think that we can have a God day. Because good days are few and they're far between. People say, I was talking to a man, uh, I think it was Friday. And he goes, it's Friday. And he was excited. Why? End of the work week and he was excited. But man, I want more of a life than on a Friday. I want a life for God seven days a week. And so let's look at three things on having a God day. The first ingredient on having a God day, and this is easy for all of us, is problems. Amen? Have you ever had any problems? Like this, this, uh, I think we, uh, raise your hand if you've ever had a problem. Raise your hand if you had like a problem this week, right? (laughs) So we're all there. We've got that ingredient, right? That's easy. That's like this man, uh, this man said to his wife, say, honey, uh, what are we going to do about all of our problems? She goes, well, I, um, I, I ordered a book on Amazon. Cool. What is it? It's how to reduce your life's problems by 50%. And the man said, well, that's not going to help us out. She said, but I ordered two copies. <laughs> but you see, the Bible says that in the world, Jesus, you get that? 50% plus, yeah. <laughs> Jesus said, in the world, ye shall have, the Bible says, I'm going to translate, problems. He said, now, if Jesus said you were going to have it, guess what? You're going to have it. So I'm going to avoid that. Jesus said, in the world, ye shall have Tribulation. The Bible says in the beginning of our, in our Bible reading in John chapter 21, Peter and some disciples went fishing. And they went fishing, and that night they caught nothing. Can you imagine going to work and uh, not getting paid at the end of the week, you know, laboring? I, I worked with a preacher in Orlando, and he used to work for an electrical contractor. And he would go cash his check. Now the man had a wife and a son and bills, you know. And uh, he said he would go cash the check and it would be like a basketball. It was an NBA check. What do you mean? Boing, boing, boing. It would bounce. And can you imagine, uh, you know, working and laboring? And now maybe not all of us are fishermen. Can you imagine like maybe working on your car? And it doesn't get any better. I remember I spent hundreds of dollars on my car, fixed the fuel pump. And I mean, if you don't know what putting a fuel pump is, it's the first time it happened, Brother Papancito fixed it and it worked. The second time I fixed it and I still had the same problems. And if you, it was like a $400 fuel pump. That's like 
insult to injury, right? I don't care how much it costs as long as it fixes it. But Peter was out there and the disciples were out there and they fished all night. They didn't even catch a dirty boot. I mean, they caught nothing. You know that I'm thankful that though uh, we have problems, there's another ingredient. You know, we're all, we're all face that. You know, it, it really changes your attitude when you realize. And, and brethren, this is in a more serious note. We have to realize everybody's going through something. And one of the things the ministry has taught me and really taught me is that everyone you meet is going through a crisis. And they might be able to just kind of, you know, put the best foot forward and maybe they're dressed in nice clothes. Maybe they have a good physique. Maybe they don't work for uh, a tire shop. So what's a tire shop? Dunlop disease. You know, that Dunlop tires. Do they have that belly that Dunlopped over? Maybe they don't have that Dunlop and say, oh, preacher, everything's going perfect for them. Not so. And if you know what you're going through and you can see that other people are going through, it changes how you approach people, right? It changes how you do. You have a little bit more tenderness. And even the cop that pulls you over is going through something. Say, preacher, that's getting kind of, kind of close, right? But even the cop that pulls us over for speeding, doing better than the speed limit, they're going through something. We have to approach people with a little bit of tenderness. Well, the second ingredient, though, since we all got problems, that's pretty easy. But in having a God day... It's not just problems, but the second ingredient to having a God day is God. And have you ever told someone, have a God day? No, you probably have. Have Has anyone ever told someone goodbye? Has anyone ever said that to someone? Goodbye! Do you know what that means? Hundreds of years ago, people used to say, God be with ye. And so they made a contraction of it and they contracted, God be with you, God go with you to this word that we all say, goodbye. And that's what it means. It means God go with you. It means have a God day because with all the problems that you have, you're going to need God. And you know, if you speak Spanish, you say that anyway. If you say, adios, you know what you're saying? Go with God. You know, if we're going to have a God day, we need to put the God ingredient down there. The Bible said that Jesus, he stood on the shore. They didn't know that it was Jesus, but he gave them some instructions. He said, cast the net on the right side of the ship and ye shall find. You know that I'm thankful that maybe sometimes we don't realize that God is there. But brethren, God is closer than you think. When you put God into a situation, Paul said, we're troubled on every side, but not distressed. Now, we got problems. He said, we're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. You ever see a boxer get knocked down? The ref comes over. They go, one, two. Paul said, hey, we've been knocked down, but we're not out of the fight. And you know, the crowd cheers when that boxer gets back up. And Paul said, that's what serving God is like. He said, always bearing about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. You see that God is that second ingredient. And the disciples didn't even know it was God. You know that God, sometimes he's around us when we don't even realize it. We don't realize it's God. He's closer than you think. When you get so discouraged, you're like, 
How is this all going to work out? If you have a God day, there's two things. First of all, there's problems. Then there's God. But then after that, you see, it's interesting. When you put God in the mix, then you realize that things can happen. That's why when you come to the house of God, Jesus said, I, even I, if I be lifted up. You know, that's the the purpose of the preaching is to lift up Jesus. You know that Job said that he looked out into the starry skies and he saw these just, you know, things hanging in the air, the moon and maybe the sun and all the stars. And then he figured, you know, the earth must be the same. So he said, you know, you hang the earth on nothing. And, you know, that's an amazing statement that God could do that. You know, it can seem like, well, God, you do amazing things. Well, let me tell you, it's even greater than that. It's not nothing. God's nothing is something. And, you know, they say, preacher, I don't, you know, people say, I haven't seen God, so I don't believe God. And all you need to do is just hold a pen up and tell them to hold their hand out. And just, and drop the pen into their hand. And they say, what was that that caused the pen to fall into your hand? Gravity. What does it smell like? Doesn't smell like anything. What does it look like? Gravity doesn't look like anything. Well, what does it sound like? Gravity doesn't sound like anything. And then you can say, isn't that interesting? It doesn't look like anything, sound like anything, smell like anything, and yet it holds the whole universe together. You know that our world doesn't hang in the middle of the air. There's a gravitational pull. We're moving at 67,000 miles an hour. This earth is breaking the speed limit, okay? We are going faster than 75, but the atmosphere keeps us all from just blowing apart. But we are orbiting around something called, you knew this, right? We're orbiting around the sun. We're not hanging there. We're attracted to the mass of the sun. I'm not trying to give a lesson, but I want to bring something out. Jesus said, I, even I, if I be lifted up. He said, I'm going to have this gravitational pull to pull men and women in. You ever go to the house of God and God begins to, to pull you in? I believe the disciples, when they were dealing with this and they they didn't have any fish and things weren't working out. They heard a voice. The Bible said, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. They didn't know what it was Jesus, but there was something about that voice. You know that when Jesus speaks, he speaks with authority. You know that after the Sermon on the Mount, they said, wow, he doesn't speak like the scribes and the Pharisees. He teaches with authority. He said, this is the way that it is. You ever been around someone like that? And they're like, this is the way it's going to be. You know, it's my way or the highway. You know, God speaks with authority. And uh, they realize that, you know, when you come to the house of God, maybe God begins to, to draw you and draw you to a decision. Because you see, the last thing in having a God day is God's blessings. Say, preacher, how do Christians make it? May I make it from blessing to blessing to blessing. And sometimes I'm just in between Blessings, but I'm going off the fumes of the last blessing. I'm going off the fumes of the last prayer meeting. I'm going off the fumes of the last time where God moved. I'm looking back under God's faithfulness. I'm looking back under God's goodness. But you see, there's two parts of God's blessing. See, first of all, the gospel is information, it's a series of directions. If we're going to have a God day, there are some directions. God gave them some directions. He said, You've got to cast the net. 
Now, they've been fishing all night, right? They had already cast the net on the right side, the left side, the front side, the back side. And you know what? Maybe that wasn't the best time for fishing. Well, let me tell you something about God and fishing. God made the water and God made the fish. <laughs> and you can read all the way back. God knows how to speak fish. Have you ever seen that making the fish face? Like you go, mm, 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 and you, you make that fish face. Fish don't understand that. But the winds and the waves, they respond to Jesus. And the fish, they respond to Jesus, right? Ozzy knows. There you go. You know, God can even talk to babies. God can speak to kids. Do you know that when Samuel was this little boy, he didn't know the Lord, and God said, Samuel, Samuel, and he thought it was the high priest, so he's like, there's a voice calling me, I don't know God, it must be the high priest. The high priest realized, wow, it's God talking to your kids. You know that when your parents, when you're Christian parents, you prepare your kids for a voice of authority that's going to speak to your heart one day, and that's the voice of God. That's what God gives parents. And I'm not against all these redefining of marriage as much as I'm telling you that God set it up a certain way. And it works that way. And God wants to show the order of nature and the order of the universe because one day God will begin to speak to that heart. And I I had a God day many years ago when when I heard the gospel. And I had, you know, a lot of times you don't look for God until you have problems. Thankfully, I get to look for God a lot. Amen. So... I realized as a pastor, oh, the problems are never going to end. You know, it's a preacher, when you get a church building, the problems don't go away when you get a church building. The problems don't go away when you get money. I've met a lot of people with money, and they still have problems. And their relationships have problems. Look at the richest men in the world and look at their marriage. I mean, I'm not trying to find fault, but you'd think that with billions of dollars, you could keep a marriage together. But, but it's, there, there's, people have problems. And I'm not finding fault, but you know what? There's lots of problems. It keeps me looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. And you see, God gives us directions when we look to him. He said, cast the net on the right side. Now they realize, you know, if God said it, there's another part. You see, the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. God doesn't want us to give a big offering. God doesn't want us to so much, you know, uh, give money or do other things to appease him. He wants us simply to obey what he said. Now, what is he saying? You know, that when I came to the house of God, I was looking for something and God began to deal with me about my life. And it was my life that God wanted. He wanted every part of my life. And you see, the gospel is a set of directions, but it's based upon us giving our life to Jesus. It's obedience. And you know, in our life, maybe God is dealing with something in our life that God wants us to do. And I don't know what it is. See, God will speak to each one. And you come to the house of God, and, and I, I've been times where I'm in the house of God, and I'm like, God, I hope, I hope they don't say this over the pulpit, you know, because it will just confirm it, right? And the preacher doesn't say it over the pulpit, but God's already confirmed it. And the preacher doesn't have to say anything about it. And God begins to deal. Why? Because God is giving us directions. This is where the blessing is. And you see, it had to be their obedience to cast the net on the right side. And the Bible said there were so many fish that enclosed themselves into the net that they couldn't even pick it up. You know, the Bible says that if you bring the tithes into the storehouse, this is one, one portion of blessing. He said, I'll open up the windows of heaven and I will pour you out a blessing. 
that you won't even have room to receive it. You'll be now say, preacher, I can receive a lot of blessing in my bank account, right? You know, but he didn't say money. He said blessings. He said, I will pour it, man. I will open up opportunities. I will open up, say, preacher, but I don't have health insurance. Well, um, you know what? Health insurance is a blessing. You know what's even better than health insurance? Being healthy. Health insurance does not make you healthy. Thank God for it. But God, I want to be healed. God, I, want, I need something greater. God said, I've got a blessing for you. And the Bible said they cast, therefore. They were obedient to what God says. You see, having a God day is being led by the Lord. The Bible says the steps of a good man, the steps of a good woman. What are they? They're ordered. By the Lord, the Lord said, go over here. I'm here. The guy said, go over here. I'm here. You know, sometimes I wonder if God just checking us to see if we're going to be obedient. How many times have my wife and I gone to visit someone? God laid it on my heart and they weren't home. Now, I, it's lucky for me because when I go up to the gas station, I just wave. <laughs> and they turn the pump on. I mean, it's, it's, no, it's not, that's not the way that it works, right? Um. So I was, you know, sometimes I've been discouraged. I'm like, man, I came here and I, you know, you want to see someone, right? And then how many times has someone just driven up at the point that we got there? And you're like, oh, that's God. And maybe that's you. Maybe we just drove up and you drove up and you're like, man, that's God. Well, what is God showing? He's showing if you're obedient, God's got a blessing for you. And so many times God has done that. And I'll leave with this. My wife comes to the piano. You know, a lot of times it seems like doors are closed in our life. And we're trying to go through that door. Remember pre-COVID, Reverend Patterson and I were going to visit someone in the hospital and uh, the doors, after like 10 p.m., they close all these doors like it's the Death Star or something. And they begin to close these doors and you can't just walk around anymore. And uh, I remember this one doorway was closed. Reverend Patterson and I were walking there and we're like, oh, how do we get through this door? So we just walked up to it. Now, they're closed. But if someone comes out the door, ha, <laughs> ha, ha. This unsuspecting hospital employee, <laughs> they stepped out and we walked right in. Were you supposed to? I don't know, but we did anyway. Statue of limitations. I don't know if they can get me, okay? But you know what? God has a way to open doors. And the Bible said they, that, that Peter, he left all the blessings and he went towards the one that gave the blessing. He jumped into the water and swam to Jesus. You know what Jesus said? He said, come and dine. You know, even more than the fish, when you have a God day, God's got more blessings than just fish. He has cooked fish. And the Bible said, Jesus had cooked bread. They didn't even have to do that. They were just following God. And sometimes like, God, how did you do that? I don't know. But he said like, come, I've, I've already set the table. I, I cooked, I set the table. You just sit down and eat, come and dine. See, the blessing of the Lord, not only will he provide, but he'll provide again. He'll provide again and he'll provide again. All we have to do to have a God day. Now, we've already got problems. People have problems. We need God. And we need more than God. We need God's direction in our life. We see, I believe that with heads bowed and eyes closed, God will direct our lives. The Lord direct your heart into the love of God. Now, what is God doing what direction is God telling us to go? You see, because we're all moving in our life, but as you lift up Jesus, 
and you lift up the blood of the cross and you lift up his sacrifice and you lift up his resurrection, it's impossible, but it happened. Then you realize, wow, God gave a lot for my sin. And you know that I need to let it go. I need to let it go. And is it possible? It's possible. He rose from the dead. It's impossible to the rest of the world. But God did it. So, I mean, God can fix my little problems. He can fix your big ones, your little ones, and everything in between. But all he needs to do is give you directions. If you follow the directions, if you're obedient, there's the blessing. But before we find a place to pray, God has a blessing for your life. And you know that only the problems are going to get us to go to God. And then only God gets the glory when he solves the problem. Only God gets the glory for paying the car bill. Only God gets the glory for uh, solving the marriage dispute. Only God gets the glory for paying the rent. And that's where God wants to be. God. Only God gets the glory for that thing in your life that's really keeping you from serving God. God gets the glory when we say, God, I'm going to lay that down. And I'm going to let God be God. God gets the glory. And then we can have a God day. Let's find a place to pray. If God is dealt with your life, if God is leading you somewhere, why don't you follow? These altars are open. If you need something from the Lord, say, preacher, I've got the problem part. Come get the God part. Get the direction part and get the blessing part because God has a blessing for you to have a God day as you begin to sing. Have a God day.
Be 